Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. Welcome to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. You can find us on all of our media platforms as at the PBL Podcast, of course, online at PBL, the PBLpodcast.com. And please support us at Patreon at patreon.com slash the PBL Podcast. So we are 136 days into our pandemic. Now, some of you who are paying real close attention are saying, well, how come it's not 138 days? Because on March 11th, 138 days ago, the World Health Organization declared this a worldwide pandemic. On March 13th, the United States followed. So Trump had two days, two days to handle it, right? That's what the left are telling you, because the left is constantly trying to tell you that Trump mishandled this pandemic and all these deaths are on him. Well, two days after the World Health Organization declared this a pandemic, so did the United States. Now, the question is, when will it all be over? Well, I contend it'll be over in 99 days. Well, what's happening in 99 days? That would be the election. So it's silly season. It's election season. So we all know how this plays in America. Every four years, we get stuff like this. So so anyway, welcome to, again, this episode of Politics and Brown Liquor. You can find us on several most uh, social media platforms as the PBL Podcast. So you can find me on Twitter, very active on Twitter, also very active on TikTok, where you can see a lot of my videos. I do them daily and uh, always always a lot of fun. And uh, quite honestly, you can see the show notes in those TikTok videos as well. So we got quite a bit of news out of the weekend. Let's start with our favorite place in America to discuss the news of the day and violence. Yep. That's Chicago. Chicago. Chicago's on the mend, ladies and gentlemen. Chicago actually has some positive signs. So this is very, very encouraging news. Now there's conflicting reports all over the place, but now the report is 59 shot, three fatally in Chicago this weekend. Yes, yes, we are seeing progress in Chicago because now only 59 are shot and only three are dead this weekend versus all the other weekends where the numbers are much higher. Actually, it, it, for about a little over a month, it's been about almost a dozen people killed every weekend in Chicago. And that doesn't even count the people that are killed um, throughout the week. That's just the weekend. So it's just absolutely crazy what's going on in Chicago. And the city mayor, Mayor Lightfoot, uh, is blaming everyone else but herself or the policies of Chicago. Now, some of you may be familiar with this, and I know we have some uh, listeners up in Illinois in the Chicago area. You know, the city of Chicago has some of the toughest, the absolute toughest gun laws on record. So how can that be? How can it be that they have some of the toughest gun laws on record, but quite literally is the most violent city in America? I mean, you, you, you can't deny the violence in Chicago. You can't deny that Chicago is 
the most violent city in America. The statistics just don't tell you otherwise. The murder rate is astronomical. I mean, literally every weekend, up to a dozen people killed, dozens and dozens shot. And then again, there's people killed throughout the week. There's gun violence almost every day in and around the city of Chicago, primarily the south side of Chicago. So well, what's the reason? What, what, what could it possibly be? Well, here's what Mayor Lightfoot says, because she's not responsible. Here's the headline. Chicago mayor blames other states with no gun control for cities increasing violence. That's right. That's right. So if you live in a neighboring state, if you're in Wisconsin, you're causing the violence in Chicago. If you're in Virginia, you're causing the violence in Chicago. Mayor de Blasio actually says that about the violence in New York, that it's guns coming in from Virginia. So if you're in a neighboring state or even a southern state, you're causing the violence in Chicago. <sighs> All right. So she, what she goes on to say is that these guns are coming. Here, here's her quote. We are being inundated with guns from states that have virtually no gun control, no background checks, no ban on assault weapons, Lightfoot said. That's a quote directly from Mayor Lightfoot. Let me repeat it again. We are being inundated with guns from states that have virtually no gun control, no background checks, no ban on assault weapons. All right, so let's break this down. No gun control. I'm sorry, Mayor Lightfoot. Every single state in the union has gun laws on the books, therefore gun control. Now, I used to live in the city of Kennesaw, Georgia. So if some of you are familiar, familiar with Kennesaw. They have a law on the books to where if you are a homeowner, all homeowners are required by law to have a working firearm with ammunition. Now, you can say that's no gun control law. That is a gun control law. And that city of Kennesaw, which uh, last I checked, I think about, I forget how many residents, maybe 80,000 residents, uh, is one of the lower crime cities in and around Georgia. Now you're probably thinking, those of you outside of the state of Georgia, that's got to be some rural city way off in the north or the south or somewhere else, mid-Georgia. Mid nope, it's right north of Atlanta, Georgia. It is in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Now, the reason it has such low crime statistics is because the criminals, they don't go there because they don't know who is following the law and who is not. Now, there is a paper law. If you don't agree with the law, you don't have to abide by it. But even that city has gun control law. That is a gun control. Every city has gun control. Now, <laughs> let's talk about this background checks. No background. She just flat out says no background checks. What an out and out lie. Every city, every municipality, everyone who sells guns has to, has to require and give a background check. It's not a state-by-state state issue. That's a federal law. I believe the form is 4481. I used to sell firearms. And everyone, everyone who purchased a firearm had to get a background check. If they didn't get a background check, they didn't get a gun. It's that simple. And it didn't matter what state. This was multi-states. I used to do this. It didn't matter what state. It was the same background check for every single firearm purchase. Because, wait for it, it's a federal law. The 4481 is a federal form. It's a federal law. So for this mayor to actually say this, 
no background checks, quote unquote. She just says, no, we are inundated with guns from states that have virtually no gun control lie, lie, no gun control laws. That's a lie. And no background checks, a flat out lie. Every state in the union is required to do a background check. In fact, they all do the same background check. And guess what? There is no gun show loophole. You cannot go to a gun show and purchase a firearm without doing a background check. You have, because if you're purchasing a firearm from somebody who has a firearm license to sell, they have to do background checks, period. End of story. There, this, this lie just keeps, keeps propelling because it's, it's just maddening that people fall for this. Uh, now, where you do not require a background check is when one individual, a, a civilian, if you will, sells to another individual. There's no background check there, but that's not what's happening here. That's not where those guns are coming from. Hey, I'll give it to her that the guns are, guns are coming in from out of state. I'll even give it to Mayor de Blasio that the guns are coming in from out of state. Why? Well, that's because they have very strict gun control laws in their cities, their municipalities. But also, this is where the criminals are. They're in Chicago. They're in New York City. I'm sorry, they just are. And they are not obtaining their firearms legally. Criminals don't do that. <laughs> That's why they're criminals. So for her to say this, it's just outrageous. And then her no ban on assault weapons. Oh, God. Again, it's the same in every single state. These are federal laws. These are not state-by-state state laws. This is like such the biggest lie. And she goes on, that is hurting cities like Chicago. So her lie about gun control, her lie about no background checks, her lie about no ban on assault weapons, and who knows how she defines assault weapons, is just that a lie, and she states this is hurting cities like Chicago. And here she goes on. That is the thing that if the president wanted to help and the other things I identified in my letter, he could do today, tomorrow, but he is not really interested in helping in that way. In what? Your lies? Well, how, do, how, does, how does anyone answer to lies? How did the media allow her to get away with all of these lies? It's maddening. It's just outrageous that the media does not hold politicians like Mayor Lightfoot accountable for the lies, the absolute lies that she says. Chicago's problem is because of Chicago. Now, here's what the story goes on. With Chicago on track to have its deadliest year in two decades, the United States' third largest city has made headlines for rampant shootings that have already killed more than 400 people. Trump's response has been to institute a surge of federal law enforcement officers from Department of Justice agencies such as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and the Drug Enforcement Administration and the U.S. Marshals Service, as well as forces from the Department of Homeland Security. Now, she's finally acquiesced and allowed them to come in, but I'm sorry. Chicago, this is on you. There's, here's what's happening in Chicago. Here's what happens in most of these major leftist-ran cities, these cities ran by the left, is they think gun control is going to work, so they outlaw guns. They basically turn people into outlaws, but they also think that gun control is going to prevent criminals from... Uh, perpetrating their crimes. They're criminals. If, if they weren't criminals, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing the crimes. So you, it, it, uh, it's just unbelievable that people elect people like Mayor Lightfoot. 
Chicago, if you want to fix your problem, you need to get Democrats out. You won't do it because you haven't done it in decades. Democrats have ran the city of Chicago for, what, generations now? And Democrats have been destroying cities like Chicago for decades. Chicago's gun problem is because of Chicago's crime problem, because Chicago's lack of enforcement. What Chicago needs to do is enforce the laws that are on the books, put more police in these bad neighborhoods they know where they're at, and allow the police to do their job. Quit vilifying the police. Stop trying to defund the police. That's, that's going to have a counter effect to what's happening. And then make sure as a city you have the police back. Because right now what's happening in a lot of these major cities, Atlanta is also one of them, is the police don't believe that they have the city's backing. So they're afraid if they go into these neighborhoods and they do anything that stop this crime that they're A, going to get arrested, or B, going to get fired, or C, probably even get killed. Because they know the city doesn't have their back. So yeah, keep voting in these leftist Democrats. Keep voting them in. These cities are going to continue to burn. You look at what's going on in Seattle. You look at what's going on in Chicago, obviously. You look at New York City. Atlanta, hey, at least Atlanta, we're starting to mend a little bit. I did some search for some violence over this weekend in Atlanta. I couldn't find anything. So, hey, kudos to Atlanta. At least it's starting to get better. But does this have something to do with Governor Kemp bringing in the National Guard? Could be. But ah, it's uh, outrageous what is happening to our major cities in and around America. So <clears throat> what do we do? Vote red. Vote red. Another thing, too, here's another story that's percolating out there, is this whole vote by mail thing that the Democrats want. Why do you suppose the Democrats want to vote by mail? Well, they want to vote by mail because they know they can control the process and they can enact some fraud. So the question is, what do you do? What can you do? What, what can the city, citizens of these cities possibly do to fix this problem because it is a problem you have 400 people dead in chicago this year because of the ineffectual leadership of mayor lightfoot you've got uh, people dead here in atlanta crime just murder rate up like i think it was 80 percent so what can you do how about this here's a radical idea how about an experiment how about voting for a Republican? I know, I know, I know. Crazy, crazy, crazy. These major cities, you're like, hey, no, 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 no. Not going to happen in the city of Atlanta, Chicago, New York. Well, can it? Is it? New York, up until recently, you know, did have Republican mayor. I mean, Rudy Giuliani was Republican. Um, Bloomberg was elected as a Republican. He switched while in office. So it can happen. But so it's a radical idea in Atlanta. What would happen if you put a Republican in charge? Hey, you've got nothing to lose. Chicago, you've got nothing to lose because you look at the violence in your cities now. What would happen if you put in a Republican? Well, gosh, maybe it'll get better. But if it doesn't, all right, now you know. What have you got to lose? It's time to vote Democrats out of office especially, especially in these major cities. And the Democrats know this. The Democrats know that there is a movement percolating. 
Trump has a larger percentage of the black vote right now by polling. So, you know, polling is not always perfect, but by polling than any other Republican president in recent history. The Democrats know this. The Democrats also know that the Hispanic vote is also leaning more towards Trump than it has in history, in recent history. Not saying the majority of blacks or the majority of the Hispanic vote are voting or leaning towards Trump, but a larger portion than has had in recent history. The Democrats know this, and the Democrats are scared. This is why the Democrats are trying to push this vote by mail initiative, because they know if they vote by mail that they, A, if they wanted to perpetrate some fraud, it's easier to do. Don't tell me that there's no voter fraud out there. There is. There's story upon story upon story. And most of it leans towards Democrats. So, <clears throat> CBS News, which is very ironic that CBS News did this. On their show, CBS This Morning, they recently did an experiment, a vote-by-mail experiment. And again, I'm really surprised it's a CBS News, by the way. So they created these ballots, and they created a hundred ballots. They got a post office box and they mailed throughout the city, not just in one place, throughout where they were. And they went all over the place and they mailed out these 100 mock ballots. A couple of things happened. And you, this will be in the show notes too. You can see this video for yourself because personally I was blown away that CBS did this. Gail King even made a comment how this worries her. That just blew me away. Again, it was on CBS This Morning. So <clears throat> the, the host, the co-host, Tony Dakupil, I don't know how to say his last name, D-O-K-O-U-P-I-L. Anyway, Tony, the host, co-host, put in these ballots throughout the mail, all of it. Didn't go, just dump them in one place. He mailed them out from m multiple places throughout wherever it was they were at. And... First thing that happened was they, the ballots didn't make it to the post office box. The ballot somehow got went missing. So they had to, Tony, the co-host, he had to ask this post office to look for them. And after a little bit, they finally found the ballots. Now, here's, here's the part that should scare everyone and why we should absolutely not have mail-in voting. Three ballots were lost. That's Now you say, that's only three. It's only three out of 100. That's not many. That's 3% lost. Okay. 3% may seem like a small number, but last election cycle, I believe 139 million people voted. Prior to that, it was like 136, 129. So it's a population growth, obviously, the number of people who vote. So let's round it out. About 135 million people on average vote in a presidential election. 3% of that's a little over 4 million votes. 4 million votes. Trump won last election by 73,000 votes or 70,000 in three states, give or take, right? Hillary won the popular vote by 4 million votes, give or take. So 3% of votes gone missing, that's a lot of votes. I mean, that's a lot of votes. And who's, who's to say there's not going to be any kind of fraud? No one can say that. Because now the mail's being handled by people. We are infallible people. 
People make mistakes. I'm not going to put this on the post office that they'll purposefully do it. But if 3% of the votes are lost, well, there's 4 million disenfranchised voters right there. 4 million votes potentially. And you know it'll be more. And then how many more will be sent in? You know what's the running joke when I'm dead? Please don't let them uh, have me vote Democrat. So, you know, the election fraud that could happen with mail-in voting is so, so easy to happen that it is going to happen. Mail-in voting is a bad idea. You know, I know people are worried with this pandemic or as some would say, scamdemic. But if we can go to the grocery store and use credit cards because we're told right now don't use money because the money holds germs. If we can go to the grocery store and put in our credit card and then put in our pin on that dial pad, we can go vote. You know, think about that. People are going all over the place and using their credit card to purchase stuff and you have to put in your pin. Not all cases if you use a debit card, right? <laughs> you're touching that keypad. Well, guess what? You've got the potential to get the virus, right? You're going out grocery shopping. You don't know what people have touched prior to what you've touched, right? And then look at all the riots and the protests. You know, most of them aren't even wearing masks. So if we can do that, we can vote by ballot. We can go vote in person. So 3% and it tips the election. 3% tips the election in a large manner. And we know the Democrats are hurting. We know they're scared. I mean, polling now is starting to level out. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. What happens typically in presidential elections is the polling about three months out is usually way off. You know, I'm sorry, the media is biased. We know it. You know it. We know it. And the media will, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, Rig the polling either through the questioning or just out and out lies or the number of people they ask, who they ask, you know, whether it be more Democrats or more Republicans to get to the desired result they want. You can ask several different types of questions to get to the desired results you want. That's how pollers polling works. That's how pollsters can gin up the issues and the desired results that they want in the polling but what happens in a presidential election and this has happened in just about every presidential election that i can remember is farther out the polls are always for the democrat didn't it seem that way you know why it seems that way because that's usually what it is the polls always show the democrat in the lead always it kind of tells you a little bit about the news media right they're biased you just can't argue it anymore. They're biased. So the polls show the Democrats leading. And then as you get closer to the election, the polls start to tighten up because the, the news media outlets has to have some kind of credibility. They can't just blow it outright. So now they start reporting the numbers a little closer. Now what they're hoping for prior to getting closer to the election is that they can sway your opinion because everybody wants to back a winner. So, hey, if this person's winning, well, I want to back that person. Well, the polls are closing and we're going to start seeing it more and more as we are now 99 days out of the election. So once we get out of the election or closer to the election, we're going to see these polls tighten up quite a bit. Now watch the state-by-state -state polls. The national polls are worthless because the number of people in California will skew that poll. The number of people in New York will skew that poll. 
So the, the West Coast and the East Coast primarily is more leftist than middle America, and that'll skew because they're highly populated states. So the national polls are absolutely worthless. You've got to really watch the state-by-state -state polls, and I'd really watch Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, all those northeast or northern Rust Belt states that tend to um, give the election or th toss the election to one side or the other. But also, I'm curious to watch Florida this cycle because Biden's got a problem in Florida. So here leads me to the next story I'm going to talk about is, but here's the headline. Biden organizers say campaign is suppressing the Hispanic vote in Florida, mistreating staff. All right. This story is all over now. I saw it in, many, in several news sources. I'm reading this from The Hill. And Biden organizers say campaign is suppressing the Hispanic vote in Florida, mistreating staff. Now, what the article goes on to say is, it's people within the Biden's organization. They wrote a letter. So here's, here's the article. A group of 94 field organizers for former Vice President Joe Biden's presidential campaign sent a letter to the state Democrat, Democratic Party claiming the Biden campaign is suppressing the Hispanic vote in Central Florida and mistreating staff. These are Biden's people. 94 field organizers within his campaign sent a letter to the state Democrat Democratic Party claiming the campaign is suppressing the Hispanic vote. So the letter, which was obtained by the Miami Herald, alleges that the Biden campaign mistreated field organizers and relocated trained staff members without adequate explanation. They're moving people around. So a hand here, here's the article goes on. A handful of Puerto Rican Spanish speaking organizers were moved from a heavily Puerto Rican part of Florida to North Florida against their wishes. The coordinated campaign of Florida is suppressing the Hispanic vote by removing Spanish speaking organizers from central Florida without explanation, which fails to confront a system of white dominated politics. We are supposed to be working against as organizers of a progressive party. The letter reads, so they moved people out of central Florida, Spanish-speaking people, to northern Florida. Now, why do you think they did that? What could possibly be the reason? They didn't, nothing's done in a vacuum in politics. Things are done for reasons. Their internal polling has them worried about north Florida. Their internal polling may have them thinking north Florida has some opportunity to gain some votes. But their internal polling may show they got problems in south Florida. Now, South Florida uh, is a huge Cuban population that generally does vote conservative. So <clears throat> this is cracks in the Biden campaign in Florida, people. Florida. If they've got these kind of problems in Florida, well, they got some bigger problems. So Biden's campaign is doing something in Florida that has got 94 field representatives writing a letter to the Democratic State Party. That's not good for the Biden campaign. Florida's always been a pivotal state in presidential elections, so we can expect the same now. So watch Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Florida may be a turning point for the Biden or for the election. Florida, if the polling in Florida starts coming out very positive for Trump, well, the race is gone. It's gone for Biden. Biden's done. Biden, I mean, we thought Hillary Clinton was a bad candidate, and she was a bad candidate. 
Biden's turning out to be even worse candidate than Hillary Clinton. If you are not seeing the cracks in the Biden campaign, if you are not seeing the cognitive decline of Joe Biden himself, you're not paying attention. Now, I debate a lot of leftists uh, online, and uh, I I put a TikTok video out there where I basically said, and I said this in the video, that Democrats aren't voting for Biden. They're not. Democrats are not voting for Biden. They know. They know his past problems. They know he's probably corrupt. They know his son is just a piece of trash and is corrupt to the core. They know his cognitive abilities are falling apart every day we see him. They fear and they know Trump will wipe the floor with him if it ever does get to a debate. And let's, let's see if those debates actually happen. They know. They're not voting for Biden. They're, bo- they're voting against Trump. So one has to ask the question, is that enough to win an election? I opine that it's not. So when I voted in 2016, I did hold my nose and vote for Trump. And you know what? One is I'll always vote. I'll never not vote. I'll always vote one or the other. We have the lesser of two evils here, ladies and gentlemen. And I would never vote for a Democrat. I just won't. Uh, And so did I vote for Trump to vote against Hillary Clinton? No, not really. But in a sense, maybe I voted for Trump to vote against Democrats because, the, you know, it's a lesser of two evils. And Trump has by far exceeded my expectations as a president. I believe he's still a crass individual. But as far as policies and as far as what he has done as president, exceeded my expectations. The true, the true value in the Trump presidency is what he's done for the judicial and what he has done for regulations. He's cut a lot of regulations and businesses, and he's put more conservative judge on benches across the country than at just about any other president prior. And, you know, you may not agree with all of his choices for the Supreme Court, but they're way better than what a Democrat would put in there. And then we've got this upcoming election. By the way, I am voting for Trump enthusiastically. Well, this upcoming election, he is quite possibly going to be putting another Supreme Court justice up on the court. Do we want a Democrat doing that? Do we want Biden and his team? Because, you know, Biden's not going to be doing it. And by the way, Biden has said that he's only running for one term. Why, why does the media not talk about that? That, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because if Trump had said in 2016 he was only going to run for one term, the media would have been all over that and used that as a wedge against him. But the media is not saying this about Biden. Now, I, I saw this online um, the other day. And, you know, I'll say it here. It's not really that clever, but eh, why not? Well, I'll put it out there. Somebody coined the, uh, an acronym for Biden. Biden, the acronym equals biggest idiot Democrats ever nominated. Yeah, okay, maybe a little clever, mm, little, little wordy, but biggest idiot Democrats ever nominated. Biden is nothing more than an empty vessel for the Democrat Party. If Biden is elected president, God willing, uh, he will not be the one running the country. I guarantee that. It'll be whomever is in Biden's cabinet and whoever is around Biden. And he won't even be picking cabinet picks, by the way. Biden has lost it so much cognitively that I'm not even sure he knows what day it is. At this point, people have said it often. I'll say it again. It is elderly abuse of what they're doing with Joseph Biden. His, his wife should step in and stop this, but they can't now. They're in too far. So just um, 
scary, scary times. Uh, you know, it's often said on presidential elections, this is the most important election of our lifetime. And I've often chided that by going, oh my God, people say that every election. Also, every election they say, oh, the, in the incumbent's not going to be leaving. They're trying to say that about Trump now, that he won't leave. We've always had a peaceful transfer of power in this country, and we always will, at least in my uh, foreseeable future, as far as my lifetime on this planet. So if Trump does lose, he will hand over power peacefully. It's always happened in the United States. And we've always had people in my lifetime before every election say the incumbent won't leave. You know, they said it about Bush. They said it about Obama. Now they're saying it about Trump, yada, yada, yada. So, but they've also always said this is the most important election in our lifetimes. You know what? Maybe every election is the most important election of our lifetime. But I truly do believe this one is a turning point election. Last election was, 2016 was so vital to the continuing, I don't know where I'm looking for, but the ongoing of our country. We needed Trump. He's the right man at the right time. This election is so important to continue this road that we're on and get through this pandemic, to get through these economic uncertainties and put us back on a road to prosperity. So this election is important. If Biden gets in, he will not be running the country. The far left radicals will be running the country. And we've seen what happens with far left radicals running cities. You look at New York, you look at Chicago, and those are far leftist radicals. You look at Seattle, and they have ruined our great American cities. Do we want that to happen? Vote red, ladies and gentlemen. Vote red. Down the ballot. We need both houses of Congress and we need the presidency because our country really does depend on I hate saying that because I've always resisted saying it every presidential election. But this one oh, is so important. All right. One last thing before I wrap up today's show. It's a quick one. Is uh, I go out for a morning walk every morning. And uh, if you follow me on TikTok, again, at the PBL podcast, uh, you'll that's when I do all my TikToks. And I'm out here and I'm walking and there are other people, you know, it's summer, it's beautiful, a little hot, but you know, it's nice out. People are walking around alone with face masks on. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And here's an article that I read um, about the coronavirus. It says you don't need to wear a face mask outdoors to prevent coronavirus, but experts say to carry one with you. Okay, I get that part. But if you're by yourself, do, 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 do people just think there's particles floating around the air? I mean... And then the people in the car alone driving, you know, I, I, I have a friend one time said, you know, she maybe making some quick stops. She'll keep it on there just because the hassle of taking it on and off of quick stops. I get that. But if you're driving for a long distance, do you, do you, yeah, I, what is wrong with people? Are you sh that much of a sheep that you just follow everybody and what everybody is saying? You know, I've said it before that uh, today's scarlet letter is not wearing a mask. Now, here where I live, I live in metropolitan Atlanta area, several of the grocery stores and other places are requiring you wear a mask when you go in. Okay, that's fine. It's their business. They can do it. You can shop there. You don't shop there. It's your choice. It's their choice. The other day, I walked into a grocery store. I had to put on a mask on. And, and I, I don't wear them driving around. I don't wear them walking around alone. But I put this mask on. It was uncomfortable. How can people, and some people are wearing these really, it looks like industrious masks. And they're walking around by themselves outside with a mask on. They're driving in their car by themselves with a mask on. It makes no sense. <sighs> and it just tells you where we are as a nation. All right. 
Thanks for listening. Again, you can find us on all of our platforms at The PBL Podcast. You can find us online at thepblpodcast.com. And support us on Patreon with a membership. For your money, you will get back scene stuff. You'll get maybe some pictures of my son. You'll also see uh, maybe some bloopers, but you'll also get the video for all of the shows as well. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month, $2, $3, $5, $7, $10. Help uh, support the PBL podcast and keep us going. And again, all of our platforms are at the PBL podcast. You can also find us online, as I said, the pblpodcast.com and support us at patreon.com. That would be my dog, Woody. <laughs> the PBO Podcast. Bye-bye, everybody.